Hello, I'm Brett Dillon and this is The Movie Chronicles. This episode, we're rounding off the Christmas season with 2021's 8-Bit Christmas. Director, Michael Douse. Script, Kevin Jakubowski. Director of Photography, Sammy Inea. Music, Joseph Trapanese. Actors, Winslow Fegley. Neil Patrick Harris. Stephen Zahn. Shay Tafari. Santino Bernard. Jordan Oladimiji, Savino Quintana, and Maya Miseljevic. In a movie with a bittersweet conclusion told mostly in flashback, Jack Doyle narrates of how, when he was a boy, what he wanted more than anything was a Nintendo game station. The Nintendo is the MacGuffin, and its attainment becomes a quest. Jack begins the quest at the mercy of a rich kid, who has a Nintendo and rations out its use to the rest of the school. Uh, and by that, I mean the rest of the school have to bribe him so they can watch him play. He's not a sharing guy. The bully has a meltdown when he finds out how sucky the power glove attachment is. This meltdown gets his parents to form a group to stop the sale of Nintendos in the town, instead of just not buying them. The boy's solution is to band together to raise the money and buy the machine in the big city. After working hard, they go on their expedition. After buying the machine, Jack slips on ice and the game is crushed under the wheels of a bus, along with their dreams. Next step is his scout group. They raise money by selling Christmas wreaths. A funereal tradition, if you ask me. This year, the top seller is promised a Nintendo. Due to the parents' protest group, force other people to join your morality rather than enforce morality on yourself, the prize turns into an encyclopedia kit. And so disaster follows disaster as the deadline of Christmas approaches, while the film follows the format of I'll Be Home by Christmas 1998 as filtered through The Princess Bride 1987. Director Michael Douse was born on April the 19th, 1973 in London, Ontario, Canada. Michael trained as a film editor. His first film as director was the cult classic Fubar 2002, shot on a digital camera. Actor Neil Patrick Harris was born on June the 15th, 1973, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, USA. Neil was a child actor discovered by playwright Mark Medoff. He made his first film, Clara's Heart, in 1988, and later scored the lead role in the TV series Doogie Howser, M.D., 1989-93. Producers didn't see much beyond Doogie until Paul Verhoeven cast Neil in Starship Troopers, 1997. But it wasn't really until Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, 2004, in which he played Neil Patrick Harris, that a reappraisal of his talent began. In order to circumvent any problems with his career, he said in 2006, I am happy and quite proud to say that I am a very content gay man living my life to the fullest and feel most fortunate to be working with wonderful people in the business I love. Politically astute, he also noted of the USA, our culture's adjustment to the epistemology of television is now all complete. We have 
so thoroughly accepted its definitions of truth that incoherence seems eminently sane. Actor Steve Zahn was born on November 13, 1967, in Marshall, Minnesota, USA. Steve dropped out of Gustav Adolphus College after seeing a production of Les Miserables and thinking, I'm as good as that guy standing on the barricade. In 1991, he made his professional debut by falsely claiming he was a member of Actors' Equity, the Actors' Union, and also helped form the Malapart Theatre with his friends Ethan Hawke and Robert Sean Leonard. Sean was pressured by his friends to enrol at the American Repertory Theatre's training program. He also later enrolled at the Institute for Advanced Theatre Training at Harvard University. He said, I'm theatre trained. I do my homework. I read the script a lot and learn it. I put a lot of thought into it, the part, and think about it constantly. When I show up on a film set, I don't worry in my trailer about what I'm doing. I want to play PlayStation because I don't get to do that at home. Well, that was a little intense. Let's conclude with something a little more laid back. 2022's Falling for Christmas. Director Janine Damian, script Jeff Bonnet and Ron Oliver. Director of photography Graham Robbins, music Nathan Lanier. Actors Lindsay Lowen, Cord Overstreet, George Young, Jack Wagner, Olivia Perez, Alejandra Flores and Sean Dillingham. Have you seen this picture before? Of course you have. It's Overboard, 1987, where Goldie Horn plays a rich bitch who loses her memory and Kurt Russell plays a poor schlub who takes advantage of the fact. Who can forget amnesia? Sierra Belmont is heiress to the Belmont fortune. She has been trained, by upbringing and white privilege, to be useless. She is pinning her hopes on a marriage to a self-obsessed internet influencer. And... Influencer is a know-nothing, do-nothing grifter who sells people on the illusion of being like the person they try to present themselves as. It's all mirrors to distort reality. I could be an influencer, but uh, it would involve too much reflection. Her father, Beauregard, there is a hint in that name, is not happy about this choice, but supports his daughter. All of these people turn up at the Belmont Ski Resort for Christmas. Tad Fairchild, the influencer, wants to do a Christmas special in the snow to record the moment he proposes to Sierra. It's not so romantic if you consider he is trying to make money out of it. He takes her up a mountain, far away from any cell phone coverage, and she falls off the mountain. Tad is soon following, far behind. Tad is saved by a survivalist ice-fishing in the wild. This is an epic tale, used to cut to when things get boring in the main narrative. Sierra lands near a road where she is discovered by Jake Russell, an in-joke for those who remember Overboard. He owns a failing family-run winter skiing holiday at the low end of the hotel business. In the hospital, it is discovered her only injury is a loss of memory. This is exacerbated by the fact she has nothing on her to identify her. As Sierra has left instructions with the Belmont staff that she is never to be interrupted, 
No one even knows she and Tad have gone missing for several days. Jake, not wanting Sierra to have a Christmas in hospital, invites her to stay at the hotel. She can work off the debt. Sierra proves useless at the business until Jake coaxes some competency into her. Love blossoms and then, you guessed it, her memory starts to return. This introduces a completely new set of problems, of which, where is Tad, is low on the to-do list. Next episode, we're going to peer into the US educational system in 1998. I doubt the report card is going to look very good, but you never, you know, hope springs eternal. For more Christmas Chronicles merriness, check out any book in this e-series at an e-store near you. Don't forget to become a Buzzsprout or Patreon supporter. For me, it's a size thing. Until next time, put on your stab-proof vest, Fill up your bulletproof backpack with weighty tomes and grab the spanner to tighten up your anal sphincter as we stroll into the aimless corridors of U.S. academia.